This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you are a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience or get more engagement, you're going to want to check out poddex.com. Use code NERD21 for 10% off your first order. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use code NERD21 for 10% off your order. Welcome, everyone, to the Hotel Nerd Network, brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor, you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right. I said it. For free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or an existing broadcaster looking to take your interviews and podcast episodes to the next level, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Visit poddex.com to get your Poddex today. Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk. Today's topic is going to be Ghostbusters, and I'm joined by Movies Lover Unite host, John. Hey, John. Hey, how are you? And uh, right away, just to get it out of the way, uh, we're powered by Poddex, as I'm sure everybody's aware by now. Uh, for about a month now, we've been sponsored by Poddex, and if you want to help sponsor, or yeah, sponsor, if you want to help support the channel, <laughs> excuse me, uh, just uh, go to the link that's in the crawl below and use uh, the redeem code of NERD21 to get 10% off any physical merchandise on your first order. That's a really super simple way to help us out here on the channel. And uh, also another way to, it's really super and simple to help us out. And unfortunately, as I'm doing these right now, I'm going to have to do the question-answer sessions as I get them in the next recordings. But I restarted uh, my Streamlabs uh, account. So if you go to hotelnerd.live, you can type in any questions or comments about today's episode. And you can just 
send in a comment or a question and I will acknowledge it in the next recording or the next live taping, whichever one happens to come next. So, and with that, also, I wanted to make one more acknowledgement that we are making progress on the podcast front. I went and checked the numbers today, and we almost did a 70-count jump on audio, which I'm super impressed by. I was not expecting that. And we're still holding steady on YouTube at 58 subscribers and still holding steady at 178 hours watch. So we need to we need to be boosting them numbers because as those numbers get and we meet meet the YouTube goals, then we can start doing some monetizations through YouTube as well. So everything we're doing is trying to help build cash flow to make this channel better. So but with that with the business out of the way, let's talk about Ghostbusters. We've been trying to do this since October. Right. <laughs> it's good now that I actually have a little bit of a break to where I can uh, do this, so I appreciate being on. Yeah, and uh, greatly appreciate you uh, being patient with me and my work schedule as well. If you're free, I'm not, and vice versa. So we talked about it. We're going to go chronologically. So let's just dive right into it. Uh, do we want to start with our favorite moments from the first one? Yeah, we can go in for our favorite moments uh, for the first one. And not only that, but with Ghostbusters as well. I remember as a kid, I had all the action figures and things like that. I don't know if you had the action figures or not, Chris, but I had uh, I didn't. Action fi- I actually had all the action figures. I had the firehouse. I had the hearse. I had all the Ghostbusters stuff. I even had the Halloween costume. I was decked out with Ghostbusters stuff, even Ghostbusters comforters. I was obsessed with Ghostbusters. It still am. But as far as my favorite scenes go, I'm going to have to go with uh, the opening scene in the library whenever they're all tr- they're all there and they see the ghost and then they're all saying <laughs> and then the ghost just goes on and leaps, leaps out at them, which is one of my favorite ideas <coughs> in the library because it's really spooky. It's really spooky down there, which is something that I really like for the opening scene. Uh, I also like the other thing with Dr. Finkman when he's uh, trying to pick up on this girl and he's giving the, the boyfriend electric shock therapy so he can sleep with her. Sleep uh, sleep with the girlfriend. So I thought that was actually pretty funny. And then also too, yes, it's true what you heard. This man is a dick. <laughs> then, of course, you can't go wrong with, with Moranis being in this movie. Very true. Know, where he keeps locking himself out of his apartment, trying to get with Diane. He has no chance of getting with Diane at all. But it's kind of like us as nerds where, you know, it's what we can't have is what we want the most. And, he mm-hmm. and of course, he has a big, huge crush for her. So he's going to do bend over backwards for her, do anything that she wants him to do. So... That's what I got out of his character. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have to say my my favorite moment has to be the get her moment as well. Especially when he goes, Shh, do you smell something? <laughs> like, it's like, even as a kid, I'm like, wait, the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> then there's also uh, the other scene that I liked whenever uh, Ray has sex with the ghost. And then <laughs> I forgot about that scene, but yeah, 
that's there. I totally forgot about that scene. Yeah, because that's what happens with the whole marshmallow uh, thing at the end. Yep. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny for, for that setup, but also very wrong at the same time. Now, my favorite line in the entire movie is uh I'll try to remember how he says it. Call it fate, call it karma. When they're talking about launching the Ghostbusters Incorporated. Yep. Like that line, just the way he delivers it, because he he has like a melody to his voice. And I think only Bill Murray could have done that. To where he has a melody to his voice and then he like pauses and then he does it again and then he pauses. And then he finishes it out, and it's like, Ani, I don't see any other actor that could have done that at all. No. Like, I can't think of one actor that could have pulled that line off like that. No, and it actually feels like an advertisement. It feels like a legit, mm -hmm. and makes it look real and authentic because of that um, pause and everything that he does for the commercial. Mm -hmm. Well, and... And and to your point there, the new Ghostbusters Afterlife, that line is in the Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'll be honest, I wasn't really on board with Ghostbusters Afterlife watching the trailer, and then I heard that line. It's like, no, they're, they're seriously doing this? And then the way that they used it, it's like, okay, let's go. I'm in. Right. Let's, let's put the proton packs on. Let's, let's fucking go. Exactly, because it's all about the delivery of the line and if it's actually believable or not. Because sometimes they can have the line in there and it's very forced. But it's another thing to actually do it perfectly like Bill Murray would do it. It's actually, it's hard to find something like that. And for them to use it in this Afterlife trailer tells me that it connects with the original universe and also, too, the delivery of the line wasn't forced. It didn't feel forced in the trailer. Yeah. So as long as it didn't feel forced in the movie either, and that's what was so great about that line. Like that most of the lines out of the first movie didn't feel forced. Now some of the lines in the second one uh, didn't feel like true Ghostbusters fair to me. The one line in the second one that does feel true Ghostbusters to me is where they go. Do Ray Egon, <laughs> and everybody looks at Egon like, seriously, you just you chimed in with us, <laughs> and Egon goes to look like, yeah, bitch, what's up? <laughs> like that's Ghostbusters, right? <laughs> right. Uh, to me, I like I enjoyed the second one, uh, but for me, the dialogue didn't really feel that bad for me. I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. Again, some of it's some of cringy, especially the Rick Moranis stuff. It's like, <laughs> like which, which parts are you remembering? I'm just, I'm just uh, when they're babysitting Oscar. Oh yeah, okay. I, I, I can like, see your point. With that's that. totally not Ghostbusters at all. That was them trying to have like a rom com involved with Ghostbusters. It's like, no, just no. Hey, right. If I wanted to watch Sleepless in Seattle, I would watch Sleepless in Seattle. Like <laughs> Sleepless and Ghost, Sleepless Seattle and Ghostbusters. <laughs> but, 
No. <laughs> but, you know, that that scene right there was basically them doing something where it's like, okay, where can we put these two characters together? Yeah. And basically, oh, basically because everybody loved like, them together in the first one. Right. When uh, Andy Potts and um, Rick Moranis are together in the first one, those are some of the most golden moments in that first movie. And they're like, right. okay, let's do this, but more. And it's like, it doesn't feel right, though, at all. It doesn't be, It felt good in the first one because Moranis was possessed by that point. I think if they went around it at a different angle, maybe they're on a date together rather than watching Oscar. Well, see, that was supposed to be the point. They were supposed to be on a date while right, watching I'm Oscar. Talking like, I'm talking about like an official date, not like babysitting date. Babysitting yeah. date feels like teenage date. <laughs> where the- yeah, and I think that's part of why it's like it makes me cringe every time I see that scene. Like I always have the notion that I want to fast forward that 10 minute sequence because it's just like, <laughs> but I understand why it's there, but at the same time, you can still have her watch Oscar, but without having Rick Moranis there. Mm-hmm. And it would still be horrifying because she's defenseless by herself rather than having Rick there. Yeah. Because so, doesn't Dana, Dana and Bill, uh, uh, Peter, they, they run in right there as Oscar's being kidnapped, correct? Right. Because I remember them going out on the windowsill. Yeah. Oscar's out on the windowsill. And then that's when Bill Murray, you know, goes on ahead and looks out the window. And then we see that ghost come out with the baby uh, um, buggy and everything. And then goes back over to the museum with Oscar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they could have actually still had that scene because there was no reason to actually have Rick. It wasn't like Rick was this big, strong, tough guy that was going to defend uh, her at all. So, you know, they could have actually just went on ahead and just had her by herself. And then as the baby's being taken away, Dana and uh, Vakeman has to go ahead and try and save Oscar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always thought this... As much as they make Dana be the damsel in distress in both movies, I would have liked to have seen Sigourney Reaver don a suit. Instead of Rick donning the suit, I would have loved to have seen it been Sigourney Weaver instead. Because she had something to fight for. She had something to fight for for her kid. Rick's just like, oh, I want to do this because I want to be cool like the rest of these guys. Like, one of these isn't like the other. Well, I think back then with the 80s, don't forget, Dazzle and Distress was all they knew. They didn't have strong development for their female leads until now. I would, I have arguments for that. Sigourney Weaver wants to have words with you. Alien. Alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, with right. the exception of Alien, though, it's all about the writing and who's writing the script. But that's another thing. But I feel like that she should have been the one who was the evil uh, person in the very first one. The transformation of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of felt like it was going to go that way. Right. And then you can have... That she was going to be a gozer incarnate. Right. 
Because you can have Bateman in there trying to calm her, trying to keep <coughs> her soul maybe out of her, out of Gozer. But still, it would have actually fit natural. But I like what we got in the first one. But the second one, they could have actually done a lot more with to make her a stronger character than what she was. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like that's where she was the most dazzling and distressed was in the second one. Yeah. The first one, she was... Um, a victim. She was like that out-of-place character, character. And... I mean, for what it was as a comedy, and a lot of people don't realize this, but Ghostbusters was actually deemed as a horror movie at first. Right. A lot of people don't realize that, and people are like, no, Ghostbusters is a comedy. I was like, yeah, but look back. Originally, it was listed as a horror. Then it became a horror comedy. Right. And now, it's just a straight-up comedy. Exactly. With the horror elements in it, but still... I wish that they would have gone a little bit with... I feel like the first one was mostly a horror movie, basically, what they were going for. I really felt like it was more of a horror movie than a comedy. And they had funny elements in it. Right. With the second one, they went straight up comedy with. Especially when Mm -hmm. you look at the ooze with the toaster. Oh, yeah. yeah. As soon as they did... See, the most scariest part for the second one, if we want to go the horror route was the courtroom scene. Okay. I'm That's where I felt that. like they were in most danger. Mm. How about the subway? When they're down there in the dark. Oh, the train. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Me, see, I don't feel like they were in danger there. They got the shit scared out of them. Which, let's be real, I was scared of shit out of anybody. Right. But, especially seeing the heads on pikes. <laughs> yeah. It's going to make you have some PTSD after that shit. <laughs> but, um, no, danger-wise, I always mm. felt like the courtroom scene, mm. they were in more danger with that than they were in danger with um, Vigo. The, Vigo right. just seemed like a very super watered-down version of Gozer. <laughs> Well, you just have a painting that comes alive. Yeah. And that's it. To me, if you want to go the horror route, you can use, like, ex-cons that died, like they did with the courtroom scene. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because that that scene alone, when they, they want to do it, but they're not allowed to do it, because if they do, then they're breaking law. And they're like, okay, so uh, here's your choices. You're either going to get yanked out too, or you're going to let us strap our packs on and we're going to kick some ass. Pick your poison. And then he's finally like, fine, go, go, just do it. Court's adjourned. Do whatever the hell you need to do. And then they go and they strap up. And I still feel like they're in danger there, though, even with the packs on. Granted, they know what the hell they're doing, but I still feel like there's that little sense of danger because you don't see where they're at initially until they start throwing the chairs, which, honestly, I thought that was a pretty cool sequence, by the way. It was a good poker dice uh, feel to it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And stuff like that. I did get a poker dice kind of feel uh, for that part alone inside the, inside yep. the courtroom. 
But yeah, one room scenario where you don't know where the ghost is coming up at you or anything like that, and you're trapped in a one room scenario, that's actually horrifying. <laughs> because I like movies that are shot in one shot where basically you just have one room that the character is in, and that room is basically the character. Daddy. <laughs> Give me but a minute here. It's okay. But basically, you, that room becomes... You can keep talking. Just bear with me a minute. Okay. But basically, that character, that room becomes the character inside the uh, inside the courtroom. I really thought the courtroom scene was really good for what they did with, with the second film and things like that. But for me, I want to say that also, too, I'm, the subway scene alone is scary as hell because they're, think of it like this. You're walking on abandoned tracks and you're not being... And then you hear the train. Right. And then uh, and, and it, was, it was portrayed really well because you hear Ray go... You guys hear that? And then Egon's l listening. He's like... That's got to be above us, or it's got to be beside us, because this hasn't been in a, been used in over a hundred years since the big crash that shut this train rail down. And they're like, okay, so they keep walking, and then it gets closer, and then you kind of sort of feel it, like in the audio, it's like the chuka 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 chuka. It's and getting louder at that point. It's getting louder, and it's like. Okay, so obviously we as the viewer know shit's going to go down. <laughs> exactly. And then you have Winston that they're focusing on Winston, and of course because they focus on Winston, you know some really whacked out shit's going to happen because, I mean, let's be real here, when they focus on Winston, some really whacked out shit always happens. Everything happens to Winston every single time. Always! <laughs> always! <laughs> I actually can't say always because Winston was not the one that got possessed. Um, <laughs> but now, then Winston turns around and he's like, guys, guys. And then he turns around again and there's like this whole row of pikes. And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but, um,. Like, I want to see an R-rated Ghostbusters film. Can I just say that right now? I want to see a dark, gritty, R-rated Ghostbusters film. Directed by James Wan. <laughs> Absolutely. I would be there in a heartbeat. But yeah, I would like to actually see that too, to be honest with you. Something fresh for a change. I, and, you know, do you want to focus on the trailer with uh, Afterlife a little bit? Or do you want to just talk about the first two films still? We we can uh, touch on afterlife. I mean, we kind of already have a little bit. Uh, I love the fact that they're playing homage to Egon. Can I just say that straight up off the bat? Because I still remember where I was when I found out that Harold had passed away. I was at a hospital at a doctor's appointment for my son, and it took everything I had for the Ghostbusters fan of me not to just break down knowing that we lost Egon. Because I didn't know he was sick. Did anybody else know he was sick? Because as far as I know, nobody knew. 
It's kind of like the um, Chadwick Boseman of the MCU. Nobody knew he was sick. You look at him in Black Panther, uh, Infinity War, Endgame, 21 Bridges. He would, If you haven't seen 21 Bridges, do yourself a damn favor. Watch that goddamn movie. That movie is intense. And the Red Bloods, though, too. I haven't honest. seen that one yet. It was good, but you can actually tell that he lost over amount of weight more than what he did with Twenty One Bridges. Well, remember they all said, "Well, he must have lost it for a role." That's my first initial. That was thought. the story. The story right. was he lost it for a role, right? And they come to find out, no, he he's dying of cancer. And I feel like that was the same way with Harold Ramis, except Harold Ramis was completely quiet because he wasn't really doing anything. He was just at home with Although his family. He was always a quiet person, though. Harold was always Fair a point. quiet person. Fair point. And I think the last... Isn't the last thing that he did was the Ghostbusters video game? Yeah, that was actually the uh, last thing he I did. That, yeah, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that was it. That was... Once that game came out, he didn't do anything else. The last movie I saw him in was Orange County with Jack Black and Tom Hanks' son. Okay. It's like a small thing where um, Tom Hanks' son is trying to get into college, and he's actually one of the college professors. Or the oh, okay. College. And All they're right. damn high. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And they didn't have to say his name. Like and honestly, I knew exactly who those kids were immediately as soon as I saw the more spolds and fungus. Like I, that's a classic line from Egon from the Ghostbusters movie. Right. If you're a big Ghostbusters fan like I am and like you are, you you know who these kids are. They're right. Egon's grandkids. So naturally Egon's going to have the old suits. He's probably there's probably a couple proton packs down there in the basement. I mean, hell, the ghost trap. I can't wait to see Paul Rudd in this. By the way, me either. That's what I'm curious. I'm curious about that, especially with the demon dog, which means if the demon dog's back, that means Zul's back. Right. So my question is this: Do you think that? With these kids having these jetpacks and the traps, do you think that maybe they accidentally let them out? Well, but judging by the trailer, it seems like they're already out. But you know, because if you watch when they're at the coal mine, when they're at um Shandor's mine, which anybody didn't catch that, we watched the trailer. Shandor is referenced on the sign to the mine. That they go to. That's right. So, Igor Shandor, I think it was what his first name was, he's going to play big in this movie, which means that it's going to tie directly into one, two, and the game. Because the game even makes it a point to make him a big point. You see, I, I think he's actually, isn't he the main, I think he's the main villain in the game. Shandor is the main villain. Like, you have to kick his ass. Oh, shit. In the ghost dimension. Pretty sure. Okay. I don't know. I have to replay that game. I might do what I might actually do a gameplay on that on Twitch here for uh, Hotel Nerd. So I don't know. Just talking about it, I, I kind of got a feeling that I want to do that now. But now honestly though, uh 
I, I saw that name on the sign, and it's like, as soon as I saw that, my cousin was sitting beside me, and I was like, dude, Shandor is in this. He goes, who? Wait, what? Shandor from the original game, the one that built the fucking building that Gozer was on. <laughs> He's like, I don't remember that. I said, you don't remember them talking about that in the church? Or not in the church, in the, in the jail cell? And right. that's where Murray goes and says, everybody getting this? Like, right. They're talking about Shandor right there. It's like, so, oh, got it now. <laughs> I like how it like, reads back to that though. So it's connected. Yeah. And it also keeps everything fresh though too on a on a bow, uh, on like a birthday gift <laughs> to us because yeah. it actually feels like it's new and fresh and also keeping some of the continuity that we learned from the first two films. And you so, think about it, it makes sense that Shandor had a mine. Right. He had to get that material to build that building somewhere. Exactly. He had to get the building to build the island in the game somewhere. Like, so, I mean, if you can't tell, once I, I wasn't invested in the trailer the first time I watched it until I heard Bill Murray's voice make that classic line. And then I rewatched it. And then I was like, ah, I got that. I got that. I got that. I got that. It was like, okay. Now I'm really, 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 really ready to go. And then they pushed it back not right. once, not twice, but right. three times. It's like, okay, come on, you bastards. Just give me the fucking movie. Right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad that they're doing the homage to it, the lineage to it, because of the fact that with the other one that we got with Melissa McCarthy, it was just cameos here, cameos there, cameos everywhere. Mm-hmm. And... It didn't need to be like that. You could still have the oh. cameos in there and keep it fresh. Well, and but... the problem with the 2016 version, and I catch a bunch of shit for this every time I bring this up, I hated that movie. And not for the reason that people think. I didn't hate it for the fact that it was an all-female cast. Same. I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it being all-female cast. Go for it. That said, honestly, that cast sucked ass. Just my me, personal opinion. To me, the girl that the only good the one, movie. the only good one was the one that was playing the Egon character, and I can't yep. think what the hell her name is. She does a good job. Rest, I've got her name, but I've seen her. In the rest of them are, the rest of them were trash in that movie. Even Chris Hemsworth is trash in that movie, and that's terrible because I love Chris Hemsworth as an actor. <laughs> And it made me, it kind of is a black mark on his record for me now. But it could have been all female cast, I would have been fine with it. People think immediately, because I hate that movie, I hate it because of all female cast. And that's not the case. Storyline was terrible. The trailers made you think that it was going to be a direct connection to Ghostbusters 2. Yep. And it's not. Not even close. It was his own story. It didn't even know what it wanted to be. And then It was an alternate universe that it's like, uh, what do we do now? Like (laughs) And to be honest with you, there was aspects certain aspects I liked about it, but they could have done so much more with it. I wish that they would have actually traveled outside of New York and went to like China or something with the Great Wall or do something different. You want to know the one aesthetic that I actually loved about this movie? 
And I said that this should have been done in Ghostbusters 2. The sidearms. The uh, sidearm laser guns. Fucking love them. <laughs> that sequence is amazing. And again, it's the Egon character that has them. And she just wrecking fucking shot there at Times Square. And it's like, and that's the shit that Egon would have developed. And like, and I can see that would have been Egon's badass moment because everybody else has got a badass moment through the first two movies, whether you agree with that or not. They all have their intertwined badass moments. And they're not always fighting ghosts when they do them. But they all do have their moments. Egon's really the only one that doesn't have a badass moment. And this time they gave it to her. They gave the Egon character, a female character, a good, awesome moment. Uh, And this other trailer and everything with the Gatling gun outside of the hearse, it feels like our cartoon, the cartoon of Ghostbusters. It feels like it's Mm -hmm. kind of one. And yes, because that was a big thing in the cartoon was the side the the side chair swinging out. I was geeking out over that. That was my favorite <laughs> moment in the <laughs> and everything because I'm like, okay, I'm sold on Paul Rudd. I'm I'm and all the Easter eggs and everything I was sold on. But I'm like, what else does this hearse do? Then all of a sudden, the Gatling gun comes out and everything. It's got a gunner seat. <laughs> that was my favorite thing. Uh, that thing because I felt like I was six years old again on my couch watching Ghostbusters. Well, does anybody else notice that in that scene, the kid that says it it has a gunner seat is the youngest kid driving the goddamn car? Yeah. <laughs> like anybody else got a problem with this? I mean, granted, having a nuclear proton pack on your back, driving a car. I think driving a car would be safer. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's going to be a fun movie. Um, I'm sold on Paul Rudd. I'm interested to see what his oh. character does. Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd. Can he do any wrong? No. And then, like, uh, I, I, haven't, I don't have complaints about Paul Rudd. I mean, same. I'm not an Ant-Man fan, but Paul Rudd made Ant-Man in, enjoyable. He did. And... So. Uh, you know, I really have to say, I'm I'm excited about this new Ghostbusters movie. I feel like a kid again. I can't wait to see it. Um, going back to the very first uh, Ghostbusters movie <laughs> and everything too. Uh, I like also the uh, scene where Diane is actually Dina is sitting in the chair, and then all of a sudden you see the claws come out of the uh, chair. That she's mm-hmm. sitting in, and then she just slides right into the doorway. It's like, okay, what the hell happened? <laughs> All right. Well, two things I want to point out real quick. First one is in the trailer for the new movie. Did you catch the Easter egg with the stacking books? Was that a callback to the library? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Yes, that is right before he goes, remember that summer when we died underneath the table? Yeah. That, that was... At that moment, like, so I caught that right away. And then back to that chair scene that you were just talking about. Do you ever notice that when the hand comes up and, like, grabs at her chest, yeah. it's actually groping her? I didn't even notice that. Once you see it, you'll never unsee it. 
Because I always thought <laughs> it went here. What did the actors kind of feel? <laughs> I thought it went from here for a minute, and then it goes to her face. But I thought it was just like a quick thing. It went from here to here. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Once you see it, you'll never unsee it. <laughs> I could see that, though. I could see the person in that chair like, okay, I actually have a moment to do something freaky. Because <laughs> <Yep. laughs> <laughs> I've yep. seen her an alien, so let's see what happens if I do this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, you happened to mention that chair scene that that moment popped in my head. I have to say, probably the most there's two iconic moments from the first movie that I can think of um, is where it's like choose your destructor, and Bill's like, no, 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 nobody choose, nobody choose, and then Ray, being the idiot that he is, just pops in there. Like that that sequence right there, the the pops in there moment is like that I like that because then once they see Stay Puff walking through the street and then everybody's like, um I need to go back to the firehouse and change my pants. (laughs) (laughs) And then um the uh bit where uh, Gozer says, are you a god? <laughs> that oh, whole sequence there. <laughs> yeah, like, when somebody asks you if you're a god, you say, yes! <laughs> <laughs> then I also like the other thing, though, too, when they, they're first getting started and they have to go to that banquet dinner. Oh, <laughs> when they destroy the banquet hall. Right. <laughs> Especially when they're flipping the tables. And you, you see the, the pencil dick person on the other side of the, of the door. It's like, what? What? <laughs> and then I like how Bell Murray builds them for everything that they destroy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the flowers. The flowers. And the flowers are still standing. <laughs> Come to find out, I watched um, the Netflix uh, special. I can't remember what it's called. The movies that made us, or yeah, something like that. That scene was impromptu. Bill just did that to see if he could do it. That was not planned. Bill just did it, and it just happened to work. <laughs> so they 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 were like, and we keep it. We keep it. Like. <laughs> And you can see, you can actually see the hard cut where, like, <laughs> because when he goes, and the flowers are still standing, and then uh, Ray says something about, okay, we need to clear this area, and it's like, and we get hard cut from that to Ray. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I they, really it wasn't that. planned. It wasn't no. planned at all. <laughs> And you can definitely tell that Bill was just a surprise that it worked. <laughs> oh, yeah. You look at his face when he does it. He's like, like oh, nice. <laughs> it was a great, that was a great scene. And then also, too, you have Slimer uh, that winds up sliming him. 
which was supposed to that's supposed to be a representation of Jim Belushi. Right. And that's also while we're on that subject, being we're there now. How different do you think this movie would have been if Belushi would not have passed away? Because Belushi was in Bill's. Belushi was going to play Venkman. Ah, uh, I could definitely see Belushi being in it than anything, and having Dan Aykroyd there with him. Do you think it would have resonated as well? I would think so, but it wouldn't have that chemistry that we would actually have now that we love and know. But it's all about to the delivery of the lines and stuff like that too. If he, if those mm. lines were delivered in that same way in the same context, because it's actually hard to know, especially when someone had died. You know, if they would have actually played a certain role a certain way. Because each, because a character, whenever someone's acting, has a different mindset on what the character should sound like, and also what the character should act like. So I think we would actually got a different way, a different character uh, performance out of it than what we got with, uh, with Venkman. To be honest with you. What Do you think you? that they would have kept Venkman as trying to woo over uh, Dana? Or do you think that would have been a different character? I could see Belushi doing that, to be honest with you. Do you? I could see I could definitely see Belushi trying to do something like that. Because I've seen him in Blue Blues Brothers. I've seen him in National Lampoons movies and stuff like that. I can see him trying to do something like that, to be honest with you. I haven't I seen much Belushi, that's why I was uh, asking. Yeah, if you watch Natural Lampoon's Animal House and everything... Is that the one where he goes, look, I'm a zit? (laughs) (laughs) You look at that one and then watch Blues Brothers. I don't know if you've seen Blues Brothers or anything. Oh, it's been a while. Okay, well, just watch Natural Lampoon's Animal House and then just go and watch it on that and then watch Ghostbusters and you might actually see aspects of Belushi's character in in that character. Okay. So, I could actually say, hands down, he would actually be picking up on that girl. But as far as anything else goes and everything, I think that he would actually have a different motive for that character and a different way of do- style and doing it. We wouldn't have had that one scene where Bill uh, takes off that tablecloth and said... Yeah, oh, and... Another one that he um, improv he improvised was the piano. The they hate this. Like that that was Bill Murray on the fly as well. That was also that was an awesome moment for Bill though. For those two moments, I don't see him. I don't see Belushi doing that. I don't see him improvising with the piano as much as what Bill did. And everything. I could see him probably improving a little bit, but not on the level of what Bill did. Mm-hmm. But that's just me being spoiled off of the first film with Bill Murray, though. To be honest, <laughs> with you. you know, because I'm spoiled off that film. So I'm also I'm going to test your trivia here a little bit. Do you know Slimer's original name? What they what they called him on set? What they were going to call him in the movie? If 
Uh, if you wouldn't have had uh, asked me this right now, I would have known it. <laughs> but I don't remember it. Onion head. Okay, that that actually fits him to a T on that. Do you know who was supposed to be Winston initially? Wasn't it like Eddie Murphy? Yep. Yep. And Eddie Murphy passed it up, I want to say, for Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. He Which honestly was a great move. Yeah, that was a great move on Eddie's part. Yeah. Because if we if he didn't pass that up, somebody else would have gotten it. Could you imagine Winston maybe getting it that Bernie might have gotten the role for? No. 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 I'm just saying if the roles were reversed where uh the guy uh the two actors winds up switching roles. But there was another I, one there was another one that was up for it too. I can't remember, but Eddie's the Eddie's the one that they were gunning for. There was another actor, and I can't think of who it was, because they wanted a they wanted a black actor for the fourth Ghostbuster. Because originally there was only ever supposed to be three, and then they added the fourth one uh, on the fly as they were filming. They're like, you know what? We need another person. So they really quickly wrote another character out. And a lot of uh, Winston's lines were on the fly. So most of what you see with Winston is, or any interactions with Winston in the first movie are improv. Like the Twinkie uh, with Egon. They're talking about the Twinkie. That whole scene is improv. (laughs) Which is actually perfect for the movie, though, when you're actually thinking about it, whenever he's talking about the building and the way that... Everything goes or set up. Everything is like a giant Twinkie was perfect. Yeah, if you think about it, and also and get this, it's actually a callback to the marshmallow uh, ending though that we got too. Yep. If you think about it. <laughs> but yeah, most of your now I think they said it was like eighty percent of Winston's lines and any eighty percent of any interactions that they had with Winston were improv. Okay. So. Now. Which, it's a nice little piece of trivia that so when you go back and watch it, you realize that they kind of really didn't know what the fuck they were doing at this point. <laughs> and it was a really quick turnover to get this movie out, too. They literally had just finished editing the shit out of this movie about four hours before the premiere. Yeah, I remember. They literally ran the film into the theater and put it on the reel with five minutes to go. <laughs> Especially no such thing as digital or anything like that. It's like, come on, come on, dude, come on, hurry up, hold on. I gotta put this little <laughs> slice in here on the reel. Yeah, you said yeah. about three hours ago. We only have five minutes to do this. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, here, let yeah. me help you. It'd be. Like, <laughs> and there's like, another. There was another um, film that had the same issues. There's actually two more films that I can think of that had the same issues. One was Die Hard. Yep. And the other one was Days of Thunder. I forgot about Days of Thunder, but I remember Die Hard. Yeah. Days of Thunder was rattled with just a shit ton of bad luck there towards post-production. <laughs> and we're talking about actually having to splice film like 
not just sitting on a computer and going do 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 like actually right. like literally they would they would cut the film and put the film just back together. together. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so it was not an easy process. <laughs> if you, I'll tell you what. If you actually watch the movie Super Eight and you're a fan of the old style, the eight millimeter film, that's actually the perfect way. If you actually think about it, when to learn how to actually splice film together, because mm-hmm. they, that's what those kids were doing, was splicing films together and things like that. But yeah, it, it's. If you ever want to see something, watch some behind-the-film documentaries of how movies are made, especially the old ones, like talk about Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, uh, Beverly Die Hills Hard. Cop, Blues Brothers, Die Animal Hard. House, yep. Die Hard, Days of Thunder. Like, yeah, they made you. There are some tight constraints yeah. for a lot of them. <clears throat> It's impressive that you got the films that you got when you got them. Exactly. But it also shows you, and this is actually the directors on how they actually quote it, the movie gods (laughs) and the way um, things are perceived. And sometimes that works in their favor. (laughs) Yeah. And everything. It's like they roll roll the nap 10 (laughs) and it just works out perfectly. For them. Oh yeah, I mean, Ghostbusters is a perfect example of that. I mean, they could have easily had. Uh, I mean, we're talking about just the editing part of it. Their funding was terrible. They not only were they shooting the movie, but they they shot the movie not once, but they shot it twice. Because one was what them calling them Ghostbusters, and the other what the crowd. Telling, saying Ghostbusters all the time. And the other one was, um, I can't remember, Ghost Breakers or something like that. It was it was really lame-ass uh, name. Was it Earthquake? No. Uh, well, a lot of it was during the Earthquake scene when you had the crowd going, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters. Okay. Okay, like, yeah, that's what a lot of it was. And they tried to get the crowd to yell something like Ghostbreakers or something instead of Ghostbusters. And yeah, the crowd's like, you know what? Fuck you. We're, it's Ghostbusters. And the reason why this was an issue is because there was an animated show that was oh. done back in the 70s called Ghostbusters. And so there was a whole bit with the rights and trying to buy the rights. And then the company that ended up owning the animated uh, series Ghostbusters ended up buying out the movie studio that was originally going to put out the Ghostbusters movie and then so they're like you know what we own both of you now so this property can go fuck itself because it's done and it's over with so you guys can have the name now and <laughs> it's just it, it's complete mayhem just, watch, just I, I'm not even doing the story justice just watch the uh, Netflix series, the one that you said about movies that made us. Yeah, the movies that watch made the us. Die Hard one, watch the Ghostbusters one, and you'll be like, "How in the hell did we get so lucky to get these movies?" Because exactly. we shouldn't have got. Uh, in reality, we should never have got these movies. <laughs> like I said, it's just the luck of the draw. 
that we actually got these movies. I'm a, I'm happy that we got Die Hard. I'm happy that we got uh, two Ghostbusters films under our belt, even though maybe the second one is not as good as the first one. But could have had a third if it wasn't for Bill Murray. Right. Just just throwing that out there. I gotta throw that out there. That's the number one reason why I do not like Bill Murray because he completely squashed the idea of a third movie. Granted, we did get the game, which technically is the third film. You you ask anybody on that cast, that's the third film, minus Sigourney Weaver right. and um, Harold Ramis. If you think about it. Kind of still pisses me off they're not in that game, but whatever. Right. But to be <laughs> honest with you, during that time, Bill Murray was young. Young enough to actually put on the pack again to play that role. You would have yeah. Harold that was still alive during that time. And mm-hmm. he could have put on the pack. Yeah, he could have we could have had a full trilogy of great Ghostbusters. I mean second one I still say the second one's a low point. Like Ghostbusters is God tier. Ghostbusters two is probably like B maybe a B. And then the game, I'd say I'd give an A, because I feel like the game was better than the second movie. But okay. that's just my opinion. Yeah, I haven't played the game, so I can't really give it a good ranking or anything like that. So I The wish game I is been... addicting. I'll tell you right now, you, you find that game, it's short, but it's super addicting. I have a quick question now. Did they remaster it? Because I thought they did yes. at one time. Yes. Yes, they did. They do have a remaster on PS4 and Xbox One. Okay, I'm gonna have to um, find out how much that is so I can. Uh, I think it's only like twelve bucks. Really? Okay. I think. I I could be wrong, but I think it's only like twelve bucks. Okay. So, unfortunately, you can't play multiplayer on the remasters, so. That sucks. But still. yeah. Because I would love to play you in some Ghostbusters because the Ghostbusters online play was fun as hell. You see, I, like I said, I wish I had the experience to go back in time. And uh, whenever I was working for a movie gallery and they had it on the shelf. You should have grabbed it. I know. At that time, I'm like, you know, PlayStation 2, I was more into other stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love the Ghostbusters, but I was just into other video games. Yeah. At that time, and I'm like, I'll come back to this later, but later never came. So. Well, yeah. it is. I know it's remastered, and it should be on PlayStation Store. Okay. So. All right. So. But uh, only other thing I wanted to mention is I love the fact that we didn't get to see Annie Potts, we didn't get to see Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, or Ernie Hudson. In the trailer for yeah, Afterlife, they're holding all. The, I don't know. Rick's not in this one, is he? No, he's not confirmed. But I'm still holding out hope. Maybe he's not. Cap- and I'm Sigourney hoping- Weaver. Sigourney Weaver wasn't focused in on this one either. They didn't show anybody from the original cast, which right. has a lot of people like. Oh, they're probably only going to make like a five minute cameo appearance. I see them actually being more influential than what you might think. I'm thinking that the kids are going to have the packs on, and once it comes down to the grind of it... when They're going to they, put the packs on and think they're cool as shit. Going to get their asses kicked. 
and then they're going to reach out to somebody like uh, Dan Aykroyd's character, or they're going to reach out. They're going to reach out to Ray, and they're going to be like, "Hey, um, what if it's like this? This is what's going on. Can you help us?" And then everybody's going to show up and be like, "Okay, so this is what you did. This is what you should have done, and this is what you're going to do." Well, we're too old for this shit. (laughs) (laughs) But. What if they did it like this? What if they notice on the news that there's a bunch of ghosts running around and these kids are in that hearse and recognize the fact that it's... And they recognize it as Ecto-1? Yeah. And they're like, okay... Yeah, I can see that. And then there's these kids with the proton packs and like, what the hell are these kids doing? So they have to be like... They're trying to town, like... (laughs) Right. And you know what, though? I could actually say, okay, kids, you, you handled it up to this point. Now let the big guys play. <laughs> or maybe they team up together. True. But so. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Afterlife needs to get here. I mean, even if we, at this point, put it on HBO Max, whatever. I was hoping to see Greenland in theaters, and I watched Greenland on... Um, on a small screen. On, on Voodoo. Right. And you know what? I loved it. I loved Greenland. And I, if I got a chance to see it in theaters, I, w- I definitely would. Right. But it is what it is in this day and age. Uh, any other thoughts on anything? No, I think that's everything that I wanted to touch on as far as Ghostbusters go. What about you, though? Anything else that you wanted to touch on? Not really. I mean, other than the music, the music's iconic. Right. Of you course. can play that music for anybody at any place, and people are going to be like, I know that. <clears throat> it's basically the what the Avengers and Star Wars are, or Star Trek. It's in that tier of music. And I wish that movies nowadays would go back to the old school way of doing music because I can just sit here and think about scenes like him twirling in the park there with the pigeons. I can hear that music in my head while I'm talking about that. Same. Or going to the library at the beginning. I hear that music when I'm talking about that. Like, you show me an image of Ghostbusters, and I can hear the music while I'm looking at the image. Same. Same as well. I, I have a huge heart for this film, for these two first two films. I can't wait until Afterlife gets here, but these two films are iconically uh, classic, in my opinion, and also too, oh, I, remember yeah. having, I also remember having the Ghostbusters cereal whenever... <laughs> and the Ecto... The Ecto... Um, I see. Yep. Remember them? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Did I just bring that back again? Because when they I thought the Afterlife was going to come out initially, then they they were bringing stuff out like that again. Yeah. Uh, fun fact. Um, I no, never mind. I was thinking of a different cereal box. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> because. Uh, on comic book men, I was thinking of the cereal that was brought in. It was like supposed to be old cereal it was actually just the batman cereal box that they had but i was thinking for some reason it was ghostbusters 
But <laughs> I remember. Uh, but yeah, I remember just eating my Ghostbusters uh, cereal and watching Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I was all decked out with Ghostbusters stuff as a kid. So I need to I need to watch the Ghostbusters cartoon again to see if I can even muster through it because I remember. The Ghostbusters cartoon for me was a hard sell before, and now that I'm an adult, as much as I love the Ghostbusters, I want to try and watch it again, but I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try. To be honest with you, I don't know if it's going to hold that same flavor for me, because I remember as a kid, I was eating that up, so it might be the reverse effect for me, where I don't even like the cartoon anymore. Like, I want to introduce the kids to the Ghostbusters cartoon. They're old enough now that I enjoy it for what it is. I think they'll like it. So. All right. So, I did my plugs at the beginning. I will let you do your plugs now. All right. <laughs> so, I will. To, yeah. Go if ahead. Want to put, yeah. If you want to put up the my plug for Twitter, and that will ease off some of the plugs I have to do. All right. And then I'll make you full screen. Okay. So if you guys want to go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night over there. You can also follow me on uh, Movie Lovers TV Lovers Night on Facebook. We also have a website called www.movieloversunite.com for all your entertainment needs and pleasures. Go ahead, go over there and follow us over there. Another thing too, guys, is if you guys want to donate to the sh to my show, just go on ahead, go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers unite over there. Frenchie and I also do a trailer reaction videos that drops on Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. Uh, but we've been hit, uh, hitting it uh, here and there on certain spots, but you know, go on ahead, take a look at the neighbors watching trailers section of the YouTube channel. Another thing too, is you can find all my audio stuff wherever you get your podcast from if you want to go ahead and check that out and of course on youtube as well i'm also on stereo at movie lovers unit and of course you can follow me as the link below says follow follow me on twitter at movie lovers unit and then of course at john degorio 8 and then if you want to get in touch with me just go ahead go to movie lovers unite at gmail.com and those are all the places that you can reach me at all right sounds good and as always you can always reach me at uh, anything that deals with Hotel Nerd, honestly. Just look up Hotel Nerd, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. <clears throat> uh, we got a lot of stuff coming. Uh, we also have a newsletter that uh, we started producing. <clears throat> and I'll be putting that up on uh, Twitter once it uh, launches here on the 1st. But with that, I hope you guys enjoyed our talk on Ghostbusters. If we missed anything, please uh, let us know. Comment below and we'll respond to you. I'm sure that uh, John keeps an eye on uh, comments in the videos that he's yeah. in. So if people address him, that he uh, can respond in real time as well as I do. Yep. So, But yeah, if we missed anything or you think that we messed anything up, I mean, you get. Let's be real here. There's, it's they're old movies, and I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you've seen. I just recently seen the first one myself because I make it like a Halloween tradition for me to watch okay. the first one. That's always on my list. 
I saw it maybe two a year, two years ago, maybe three, the most. So, I mean, our memories might be a little sketch. Right. But overall, still a fun movie. <laughs> oh yeah, always. And if if we messed up, tell us. And if you agree with our opinions and our thoughts, let us know. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel. Hell, dislike the video for all I care, because every interaction that we have, it helps with the YouTube algorithm. So, But with that, have yourselves a good night, and we'll I catch you on the next me. episode. Yeah, absolutely, John. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of Let's Talk.